Good morning. Larry Loomis laughs out loud. This is episode three, I think. Uh, I'm sitting in my uh, office today. And, um, got some stuff to do, I guess. Um, work. Just got finished putting some, um, materials together for orientation for my employees. New employees coming in. Um, attending to that training and that using those materials and all over the weekend. Why the fuck anybody thinks it's a good idea to do orientation on a Sunday is beyond me. But some people don't have lives, I guess. Alright. Um, let's see. What's my topic for today? I'll tell you. My topic for today is uh, <laughs> health insurance. Alright. Let's explore this a little bit. This will probably be a short episode. I'm going to gripe for a bit, and then I'm going to get on doing something else. Um, Alright. Let's take a... Um, common employee. Um, employee makes $15 an hour. Employee is allowed to work up to 40 hours a week. Okay. Now, <clears throat> employee can't work any more than 40 hours a week because the business has decided that um, they don't want to pay them overtime. All right, fine. So that's the business's choice. Employee is either made aware of that when they come in for the inter- initial interview for the job, or they find out about it later on. In most cases, they find out about it later on, you know, when it, uh, it's too late to say, ah, oh, thanks, but no thanks. Have a nice day. Good luck with your job or employee prospecting. I'm not interested in this. I want to be able to you know, make more than, you know, $15 an hour, 39 to 40 hours a week maximum. So, um, here's the deal. $15 an hour, if you are if you can actually make the 40 hours a week, puts you at a $600 gross for the week. Once the uh, taxes are taken out, your pay ends up uh, depending on how we you know how many exemptions you claim on your W-4, etc. If you qualify for that, blah blah blah, you are instructing the uh, accounting department to uh, set up or remove certain amounts of uh, money from your pay each pay period for for to cover taxes or whatnot. All right, fine. So your gross for the week maximum is going to be $600. To be completely honest with you, unless you're living at home with your mom or um, you don't buy anything, uh, you eat air, uh, you wear the same clothes for the rest of your, as long as you have this job until you can get a real one, um, it actually pays. Uh, you don't put gas in your vehicle, or diesel, I suppose. Um, you will never have a problem in your life regarding anything medical, or um, 
we'll discuss a little, that a little more in detail in a minute. Um, or you don't have any mechanical issues with your vehicle. You don't have any issues with your 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 home. You live in an apartment. Your landlord takes care of absolutely everything. You never have to worry about you know broken pipes or uh, failed heating and cooling system, um, downed appliances, etc. Uh, or again, if you're living with your parents, they take care of all that. Landlord situation, same kind of thing. Um, again, you don't pay rent. <laughs> um, then maybe $15 an hour at a maximum of 40 hours a week, you know, might be livable. I mean, you hear this shit all the time with, um, people complaining that, uh, you know, minimum wage, which is currently capped at seven twenty-five, I think, uh, across the U.S. Some states, you know, it's up to the states to uh, adjust that accordingly. Above, they can't go below it. The minimum wage is seven and a quarter, I think, so they can't go below it. So, I mean, you, you know, get some states that are uh, impose a $10 an hour minimum wage. Um, I think that there are some out there that I'm not sure I'd have to look it up, but I think there may be somebody out there that's doing $15 an hour, but I know that there's a movement a progressive leftist movement, uh, primarily pushing for a $15 minimum wage across the board federal. So that would force states to, you know, push their residents, businesses in those states to pay a minimum of $15 an hour for, you know, I mean, any job, right? So uh, and I think that, I mean, there's an exemption for uh, service staff, waitresses, waiters, because of the tips, all of those, you know, tip receiving or whatever, gratuities, um, occupations that do receive gratuities, it's additional income, there's an adjustment made for that, okay, fine, we understand that, but, um, you know, the McDonald's workers who don't fucking do anything, but flip a burger, you can bitch and whine and piss and moan and claim that it's such a stressful job all you want, but the fact of the matter is, it's freaking fast food, and it's not, it's not, you cannot compare that job to, um, uh, you know, a lineman, for interest, for instance, or social services, or uh, healthcare, or automotive mechanic, or you know these are skilled trades. There, um, you know, there are higher risks involved. There's a, a greater time investment, uh, intellectual investment, etc. Um, it's not a menial labor task. I mean, it's you know mowing lawns. It's, it's not the same as, uh, you know, running a business, period. It's just not. Managing a store, managing employees, it's just not the same thing. Unless, of course, you own the lawn business and you've got employees that you're managing and they're multiple lawns. It's a completely different situation, though. But if you're at the bottom, you know, if you flip burgers, if you <laughs> greet guests or whatever, sorry, you should, not be, be, you should not be paid the same amount as, you know, your manager does or um, the, uh, I guess... Uh, supervisor or the uh, um, director or whatnot. It's simply not. And, you know, there are different trades that honestly require more people and they should be getting paid more. Okay, fine, we got all that, but minimum wage base at $15 an hour? I don't know. I'm not sure that I'm there yet, but it's the same time, you know, looking at $600 a week? $600 a week, you know, I mean, the average... 
expenses for I can like take my situation for instance. Um, my monthly expenses are thirty six hundred bucks a month, recurring. That's every month. You know, that's not including the incidental stuff. That's just the basic recurring stuff. Thirty six hundred bucks a month. So, I'm sorry, but six hundred bucks a week ain't gonna cover that. You know, that's that doesn't work for me. Say so you've got two uh, a married couple, and each of them makes. You know the same amount, fifteen dollars an hour. You got six hundred dollars a week times two is twelve hundred dollars a week. This is gross, right? After taxes are taken out of this, you're probably looking at. So let me think. It's, give me an average. Uh, it's take me a minute to figure out some numbers and look up some shit here. Hold on. I don't know what this is. Do 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 do. Um, that's crazy. Absolutely ridiculous. Uh, you're probably looking at about you know four hundred and eighty bucks a week. Just to round it out, you're looking at four hundred eighty dollars a week after your taxes and stuff are taken out. <laughs> I'm rounding this. Okay, um, let's see, and so you got uh, an average of what, you're getting paid, say you're getting paid bi-weekly, twice a month, this is ridiculous man, so um, how many, you know usually four and a half weeks a month, we'll say, we'll, run, we'll say five weeks just for, just to be fun, alright, for 80, So your total monthly pay is going to be $24.40, right? That's net. Okay, fine. $24.40. If your monthly expenses are $3,600, a single person making bringing home $2,440 a month ain't going to be able to cover that $3,600 a month. Right? So you got a married couple making the same each. You're looking at forty-eight eighty net for the month. You got a thirty-six hundred dollar uh, recurring monthly. We're not talking about even the incidentals here. And this shit happens every month. There, you know, a slew of incidentals. Period. It happens. You can't avoid it. You know what? Are, what are incidentals? Things that happen. You know, by chance that uh, you can't predict necessarily. Um, something breaks in the house, you gotta have it fixed. Uh, somebody has an injury, you gotta have that taken care of. Um, and then all of the things that go around and with that, right? I mean, the, uh, for instance, the, um, say your, your heater, your air conditioner breaks, right? Shuts down. You gotta wait for the, uh, um, the repair person to come. So in the meantime, you gotta do something to keep your house cool, right? So you have to go buy some fans, for instance. You don't have fans, you gotta go buy some fans. You, who really thinks about that, right? So you gotta go do it. And the fans now are like fourteen to fifteen bucks a piece for the cheapest piece of shit that out that's out there. So and your house is set up so you need a fan, probably three fans, probably. Um, you could squeeze by with one or two or three, depending on how many people you got in your house. 
Say you have three people in the house, you're going to have a minimum of three fans that you're going to need. Because not everybody's going to stay in the same spot standing in front of the fan until the freaking uh, repair guy comes. Okay, fine. So you got three fans. That's, you know, 45 bucks right there that you didn't expect to spend. Okay. In addition to the fact that, um, you know, uh, you're going to have to go through water. Okay, fine. Whatever. That's going to raise your bill. Um, for your utilities a bit because you're going to use more water. Try to cool yourself off. And then there's uh, the expense for the repair of your, uh, your, your air conditioner that you weren't expecting. So it's going to add up like, like mad. You know, you're, you're, um, the difference between your 4880 and um, your recurring expenses is 1280 bucks. $1,280 is going to go, this is your month, this is not a week, this is your month. So that $1,280 is gone if you have, like, one uh, incident, like the air conditioner breaks down. Your surplus, your extra, um, for that month is gone with that one incident. One. <sighs> um, say your uh, school starts and you've got to get uh, school supplies and whatnot for your child. That's, you know, three, four hundred bucks minimum. <laughs> God. Okay, so your uh, surplus for the month of August is gone. Um, say your, uh, the thermostat in your car goes out. That's, you know, three hundred bucks for the part and then six hundred bucks for them to install it. That's a month and a half or so, a month of, uh, your monthly surplus gone for that. Your, uh, let's see, what else? Oh, he, man, you understand what I'm saying, right? <laughs> Is that your 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 work boots give out or whatever? They finally shit the bed. You've been running them for six years now, and you absolutely have to because the soles are off of these things or whatever. It's not safe anymore. You gotta have new boots. You know, that's 120 bucks, 160, 180 bucks, depending on what you have to buy. Even if you can get by at Walmart with some crap for 60, 80 bucks or whatever, and you end up having to do stuff like that. But still, 60, 80 bucks, there's a chunk of your surplus gone for the month, you know? I mean, so, so going back and looking at this, you know, people complaining that, you know, minimum wage should be set at $15 an hour, okay. It starts to look like they may be right, you know? And then, because... I'm right now here at my job, and I'm um, making $15 an hour, and $15 an hour is, you know, more than twice what current minimum wage is, so would that mean that if uh, they, you know, increased federal minimum wage to $15 an hour from seven twenty-five, would that mean that now my uh, wage would go up to 31 32 bucks, 31 bucks? I mean, would it? Is that how it would work? $32? No, guess what? It wouldn't. Um, it would mean that, you know, all of those uh, minimum wage uh, positions would go up to 15 and then everybody else's would probably stay the same. All of those higher, you know, $15 or an hour or more uh, paid jobs would stay the same or have receive a slight adjustment because people would feel like they needed to do something about it, but they're not going to, you know, adjust everything accordingly or proportionately based on that uh, increase of the, 
the minimum wage. It's not going to happen. So anyway, you're stuck. But the point of this whole thing is the uh, the health insurance thing. Why am I talking about this other shit? Because it matters, and the, it will all tie together here in a second. Um, so you got you're looking at twelve hundred and eighty dollars between two people for um, the month as a surplus after your recurring uh, bills are paid, $3,600. This is based on, okay, this is a high, uh, hypothetical model, all right? We got, um, again, two individuals married or not, but they live together anyway. They help each other out. Um, each of them makes $480 a week net, totaling $2,440 a month average um, net, their recurring uh, expenses monthly are thirty six hundred. So their monthly surplus average is twelve hundred eighty dollars net. Okay, so that's what you're looking at. Some months, you know, you're not going to have as many um, incidentals to take care of. But like I said, all it takes is boom, there goes your air conditioner, and your <laughs> monthly your at least a month surplus is gone, out the door. That's it, and. It happens, you know, sometimes it happens several times. You know, sometimes, uh, you know, you don't have any incidentals over the course of two months. Fine. Or little bitsy things, you know, like a $12 here, $8 there, $32 there, whatever the heck it is. So it doesn't, you know, kill your entire surplus for the month. So you're able to save something for a couple months, but then, bam, your car's dead. Shit's the bet. You run into somebody. It's 100% your fault. You don't, I mean... <laughs> And you're paying. You have to buy a new car. Guess what? <laughs> Whatever savings you may have had is, is way beyond gone. All right? Um, that's an incident that you can't predict. You know? I mean, you can try to avoid it as you do what you do day to day, but you can't avoid it. Sometimes it's just there. It happens. So, okay. Got that. Fine. $1,280 surplus. Now, your job, this job, uh, these people that uh, we're talking about here, these hypotheticals, they have, they have a $15 an hour uh, wage, and uh, after taxes and everything, they pull $480 a week. Okay, fine, whatever. Jesus, not even livable. Um, in order to get health insurance, uh, it's going to cost you. You know, there was uh, a time before 2014 um, when the Obamacare fiasco happened was imposed uh, when it took effect. You know, they put the whole thing together a couple years before that and warned people that, uh, you know, things would change and everything was going to be great. They were claiming that it was going to save the world or some bullshit about um, this idiotic healthcare scam thing or whatever, um, healthcare insurance scam, right? So they're going to give healthcare to, the, to the, everybody. It's, uh, they're, you know socialized health care, <laughs> whatever the fuck it is, um, government-regulated health care insurance, all right, it's garbage, um, they, and as, when it hit in 2014, everybody, everybody, everybody suffered except for those who make nothing, and, you know, the, uh, the working class, um, and I guess the people who, you know, once you make, you make over a certain amount, I mean, here's the thing, you know, you make $100,000, your expenses are probably 
double what people making, you know, $50,000 a year or, you know, $30,000, $50,000 a year are, right? So you got a $3,600 um, monthly recurring expenses at $50,000 a year. You got, you know, five dollars $6,000 a month recurring expenses at $100,000 a year. And it goes on and goes on and goes on. But, I mean, it, there's, there's a, a margin um, between the take-home and the uh, investment each month that widens as you earn more money. In fact, it does. So making $300,000 a year, you look, at, look at this. Your recurring expenses may be $150,000 a year. I don't know how the hell you manage doing that. But say they are. And for whatever reason, they are. The difference between $150,000 in surplus and $1,280 in surplus is this is like universes apart from one another. I'm sorry, but $1,280 is going to buy you a pack of gum where $150,000 is going to buy you a Ferrari. So <laughs> there's, there's a huge difference. You know, $150,000 would, um, <laughs> Jesus, is uh, eight times what you're making per year with that $1,280 a month surplus. All right? So... You could live for eight years without having to work with that sur- with one hundred fifty thousand dollars surplus if you're accustomed to making thirty thousand dollars a year. All right, so um, here's the deal. Sorry, tired. If you're looking at um, health insurance and you got to pay it now, everybody's got to fucking pay it now. And uh, the more money you make, the more money you pay for your insurance anymore and that's just the way it works because a bunghole is a piece of shit and the idiots that came up were the architects for that piece of shit uh, healthcare insurance plan were pieces of shit and they you know they make a ton of money um, the president of the United States makes $400,000 a year they don't give a shit and there's also the, here's the fact government employees especially at that level um, don't have to worry about insurance government employees period don't have to worry about insurance because it's taken care of and they don't pay the same. You get to a certain spot, and there's this, this echelon of people that, uh, or um, positions and responsibilities and whatnot that don't have to, they don't pick their own insurance. They don't care. They don't need to because it's all taken care of for them. You know, government insurance is very different than you know, what we have to deal with in the private sector. And, you know, the harder, when the reality of the old bunghole care thing came out or hit, hit everybody, um, it started taking effect, and it was an ill effect, right? I mean, a number of them. Uh, insurance, there were companies that shut down because they couldn't manage it. It's impossible. It's absolutely impossible. It's too restrictive and too expensive. It forces people to pay um, a great deal of money that they shouldn't have to pay because they weren't paying it the day before for better health care. I mean, the um, government reduced the amount of options, decreased the limits, Increase the responsibility of the insured monetarily. Um, you know, we suddenly have copays that we didn't have. We have uh, um, coinsurance that we didn't, we never had. Uh, we have, uh, you know, uh, drug plans that are costing us more. We have um, deductibles that we never had before. You know, it's. I mean, it's always been, you know, the higher your deductible, the lower your premium. Pretty basic stuff right there, right? 
um, we just took and the bunghole care took and uh, expanded or widened or grew that that margin between the two though right like there's a where you know it was common for people to have you know a five hundred dollar deductible or a hundred dollar deductible it was rare almost unheard of but it happened a rare you'd have a thousand dollar deductible first like say your car insurance um, health insurance same sort of thing you know five hundred dollar deductible eight hundred dollar deductible thousand dollar deductible whatever now you're looking at a bare minimum a bare minimum of a thousand dollar deductible for an individual right most common five thousand ten thousand twelve thousand dollar deductibles for health insurance now um, what? And this is helping whom exactly? Um, <laughs> you know, my premium uh, is, say, what is it, 80 bucks a month. And my deductible is 1000 bucks. Okay. That's expensive, man. I can, I can do it. But, or 80 bucks a pay period, sorry. Um, 80 bucks a pay period for my health insurance you know, through my employer or whatever the heck it is, and I got $1,000 deductible, depending on, you know, what we're looking at here. And um, it used to be a $1,000 deductible, period. Now we got different deductibles for every stupid little thing that, ha you know, you might have, so, and with the way of afflictions. Um, and the, it, it's, it's astronomical. It's no longer an $80 per period. You can't find that anywhere, period. You just can't, unless... You know, you jack up your deductible to, you know, $30,000 or whatever the fuck it is, right? So here's your thing. Now you're looking at, um, you know, you, a lot of people do this, right? They buy insurance based on premium. They don't pay any attention to the limits. They don't care because when something happens, I'll deal with it when it happens. I'm not going to worry about it right now because where I'm at right now is not, you know, in the hospital. I'm sitting here looking at what insurance I should get because I guess I need it case something happens okay fine um so you look at the lowest premium and you grab that like it's too common i was an insurance um agent for quite a while and uh you know you've, it's frustrating you've got um prospective insured coming in and saying they want the cheapest car insurance or they want the cheapest uh, homeowner's insurance etc and, uh, or they come in, some of them might come in and say, I want the best insurance you got, and you tell them, you know, what, uh, the, explain to them what their limits are, what coverage they get, they're not listening to you at all, what's the bottom line, what's the premium, it always comes down to that, and, uh, you tell them what the premium is, oh, well, that's ridiculous, I'll take the, the $3 one, and you're going, the $3 one gives you nothing, you explain to them what the limits are, and they say, I don't care, I'll deal with it when it happens, okay, fine. And that sucks because then you're screwed. So same thing with health insurance, right? So anyway, we've gotten we've down to uh, like a couple of companies left in the whole freaking uh, country that um, offer health insurance. One, two, um, there are some states that because of the ISO in their state, they can't even sell health insurance. So <laughs> you're having to pull insurance from other uh, you know companies outside of your area, state, whatever, and it's it's crap. This is saving the world, right? Uh -huh. So um, we go from a uh, an insured middle class to a non-insured middle class or fractionally insured middle class. Um, 
and we've got, you know, low-income people to no-income people who may or may not have it. Uh, the whole idea was to serve those people, and they claimed they were going to take care of the middle class, and it was going to be such a great bump up for everybody, including especially the middle class, and they do that because the middle class are the voters. The rich people don't give a shit. The poor people uh, feel like they don't matter, so they don't do anything about it, so they just sit and bitch and whine or whatever instead of going and voting. Or they do whatever they're told to do and vote for a Democrat, which is bullshit. So they get more crap like this. <laughs> um, but the middle class were, of course, the ones that suffered. We all got screwed. We had our insurance taken away from us, literally taken away from us. We were stripped of it. We could no longer have the insurance that we had. And um, we were forced to now all of a sudden spend and this is most common, spend two to three times as much as we were spending the day before to get a third, a half to a third of what we used to get in the way of uh, benefits, limits, um, coverage. Period. That's the way it worked. This is the truth of it. Don't listen to the nonsense that the Democrats try to spill and press on you. And, you know, when the propaganda is what it is. It's propaganda. It screwed everybody. There are people out there who go, no, I'm better off now than I was then. No, you weren't. You don't understand insurance then. You're not paying attention to what you're doing. You went from, you know, you had a great plan before you were paying $120 every pay period for, you know, a, an $800 deductible uh, max with no co-pays, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and now you're paying, uh, say, 80 bucks a month, but you've got a $10,000 deductible and, you know, 50% copay. There's a difference. So your premium's lower, but your coverage completely sucks. And when something happens to you, you are in serious trouble. You're paying for absolutely everything. Enjoy that. Knock yourself out. I mean, that's not good. You got screwed. We all got screwed, except for those who don't make any money. Those who are collecting welfare, who are getting paid to do absolutely nothing, also get free insurance. So it's and, you know, who's making the rules? The ones who don't have to pay for anything. The ones who are making, you know, $174,000 a year as uh, representatives in the House or um, $223,000 as a uh, um, Speaker of the House or um, members of the Senate, um, $330,000, $400,000 a year as a President. Every year these people are getting this, and they've got all of their insurance taken care of. They don't have to fucking f go shopping for insurance. They, when something happens to them medically, it's all taken care of. It's all paid for. That isn't taken out of their $223,000 a year. It's paid for. It's covered. So they don't give a shit what the private sector has to do with, with regard to insurance. They don't care. It's not hurting them to take everybody's insurance away from them. It's not hurting them that now you have to pay... Um, $667 a month or every pay period to get um, insurance that's cost as a minimum of a $3,000 deductible and 20% copay. I mean, that's really the reality of it. Where, you know, it used to be uh, you know, $300 every pay period or $250 every pay period with a maximum of uh, $800 to maybe a $1,000 deductible 
and 10-15% copay. It's for <laughs> it's for your family. It's it's not it just doesn't exist anymore because I don't know who the hell's benefiting because I'm not, you know, sitting there in that seat collecting the checks. But you can speculate up and down all the wall all to, all day long. They have to be making money. The Democrats have to be making money. There's a reason why the Democrats um, did it. There's a reason why Democrats always do what they do. There's a reason why that party was created in the beginning. It's to serve a certain elite group. The certain elite group that started the party. And you have to have a brain in your head to breathe, drive, uh, pay bills, have a job, do the things that you do. So use that brain to realize the simple fact the reality that's going that is around you, and you have to look at you know um, the history of things to understand where they're sitting, and something starts the way it is, maintains itself because of the way it started, and ends the way it started. You can dream that things change all you want, but the fact of the matter is they don't. You know. <laughs> In order to create something, somebody has to have a fire, a passion, an interest for something in it, right? Um, that's genuine. The only reason why something works or you get to a point where your thought, your idea, or whatever becomes or, you know, grows into fruition, if you will, becomes a reality is because that thing that you um, are interested in, that you made grow, you had enough of a passion for, it is deep-seated enough that you drove what you needed to drive the way you needed to drive it to get it there. I mean, it's genuine. It's conviction that makes um, thoughts and dreams reality. So, the um, you because you have a lot that takes time, energy, money, etc. to make things happen like that. So, to create a political party to maintain a political party, to um, do things like every day uh, make changes that affect you know, millions of people and then in turn billions of people because whatever we do here in this country affects the rest of the world. Okay, um, you're responsible for all that shit. You know? And sure, when you're sitting in your office, you don't see it. When you're sitting there considering what health insurance to buy, um, you're, not, you're not thinking about um, that loss of uh, a limb or organ function or something like that that could possibly happen. You're just going to, you know, do whatever um, satisfies your need at the moment. Sure, that happens to a certain degree when you're sitting in a political office, but you're also being bombarded day in and day out by opinions and suggestions and criticisms from your colleagues and your constituents, etc. So it's a different situation. You do see the responsibility more so sitting in a political office than you do sitting in your HR office with your new employer thinking about what health insurance to buy. But here's the thing. Anyway, um, they're both important. You have your own country to manage at your, in your home. Um, it's not quite the same responsibility. Um, anyway, so the Democratic Party was created to serve the agenda of a select elite group of people, and that select elite group of people still exists. The ancestors of the founding idiots um, exist, you know, and you join that party possibly because of some 
crazy adolescent ideals or something like that, but, you know, anything gets raped by power and loves it. So, um, the Republican Party, when, how did that start? The Democratic Party started based on, you know, some, again, serving the agenda of some wealthy elite in the South, period. They didn't want their ways to change. They were against progress. They were, um, they wanted things to stay exactly the same way they were, and um, they wanted to control their own thing and leave it just the way it was. And, I mean, hot point issues of discussion, of course, are slavery and um, uh, certain industry management and that sort of thing. So they weren't the only things. They were the only things that the uh, Democrats, so-called, they called themselves at that point, wanted to maintain, but they were some big things, and that's what they created the party for. <clears throat> Hold on a second, I've got some issues. Anyway, I think it's I think it's fixed. Alright. But those were, you know, meant money to them, so why on earth would they want to work? Why don't they? Why on earth would they want to pay somebody to do the work for them when they could uh, keep their indentured service, you know, their um, service staff who work for free? I mean, relatively for free. Still had to pay them, but you could pay them shit in food. I mean, you had to free feed them. That's what you had to do, I guess. And if they died, then of course you had to buy a new one. <clears throat> but but why the hell would they want to pay somebody? to do that work that isn't costing them anything, really, at the moment. So they wanted to keep that going, you know, and, I mean, they wanted to keep their industries going. Um, they didn't want to have those industries regulated by the government, etc. So what did they do? They create a political party to um, make the decisions for the country so that, you know, they could keep their interests served. I mean, that's the wisest thing to do, Right. So, and then they also worked their way into academia, too, so they could, um, you know, uh, teach people to, you know, see things their way. And, I mean, this is, this is how you do stuff, and it's, it's all common sense. Fight, and it hasn't changed, though. It has not changed. They um, blow with the common wind at times to um, win sentiment, to win attention, to um, draw people's uh, favor I guess, or win people's favor or whatever, so that they can continue to hold their power seats, grow their power, you know, uh, reach, etc. Um, but the fact of the matter is, they are at core what they've always been. They're bigoted, they're racist, they're um, self-serving, period. They don't serve the country, they serve that elite group, period. They just do. And ultimately, that's what it's all about for them. Now, the Republican Party was created to counter that. The Republican Party was created by people who thought that, who saw what the Democrats were doing and sought to put them down, to put a stop to things that just weren't good for everybody because their vision was we're a family. The, uh, the country as a whole is a body, and it's not made up of its individual parts. It's... I mean, it is made up of its individual parts, but you can't, the whole body can't function without each individual part working in unison with one another. So, 
um, we want we need to serve the body, um, make all of the individual parts healthy, and uh, keep them working together so that the body survives, not just uh, serve the the crotch or whatever the ass or whatever the Democrat Party's equivalent of what the Democrats are doing. So. That's what the Republican Party was created for, period. And that has not changed. The Republican Party still sees its um, mission as serving the people, which is what the government in the first place was created for. And Democrats are the opposite of that, and that's not changed. It is still the same. So you can believe all of the bullshit about how there was a suddenly a freaking platform shift in the 60s or some other nonsense. <laughs> wow. <It's laughs> that's the most ridiculous bunch of bullshit. I mean, the Democrats really have no shame and <laughs> just say the most outlandish things because they're desperate. And um, the, the problem really is, I mean, it, it's, it's all transparent. Everybody can, who has a <laughs> half a brain can see what's going on and what they're saying and, you know, why. But the, I mean, the real problem is the idiots that buy it, you know, because if there's somebody that buys the bullshit, the bullshit becomes a reality for at least somebody, and that somebody tells somebody else who it becomes reality for, and it may be detrimental to everybody, but there are enough people out there that believe it, that it keeps it around, you know, and it keeps create, or causing that ill effect for everyone. And that's the situation that we've been stuck with for 180 plus years with the Democratic Party. So, but anyway, so there, somebody's making some money out there. Somebody's earning enough to keep this, to have pushed this obungle care thing and um, kept it going. So, um, we're stuck with it. I don't understand why it hasn't been done away with. Um, so here's where we're at. Get back to this. Uh, what a tangent. Um, the uh, wage, the the living wage, the minimum wage, or the uh, and trying to manage health insurance along with that. You know, the employers don't offer health insurance anymore because it's too costly. I mean, they will make it available to their uh, employees. Some of them, you know. Depending on the company, if it's a larger corporate company or, or something like that that you know has more capital in place, they may contribute some to insurance. It used to be a time when employee was pretty common for employers to offer. Um, they pay take care of all the insurance for employees, and um, or the uh, they would contribute half, or um, you know the employees would pay a small amount of it. Uh, anymore, they just don't. I mean, they don't. They can't. They can't afford it because it's ridiculously expensive. And they will... They get through loopholes. The uh, you know employers should offer insurance. Everybody should have health insurance. Either the government's not pushing that or there are loopholes that employers can get around or through, squeeze through, that if we present our employees with, uh, as an example, present our employees with a piece of paper that says, here are your, uh, your uh, um, health insurance options, um, then they're doing their part and that's all they have to do because they're not contributing money to it where they used to. Um, anyway, 
we got uh, go back to the uh, hypothetical couple making a uh, two thousand four hundred forty dollars a month average with a um, average or with a recurring set recurring uh, expenses of thirty six hundred bucks. Got twelve hundred eighty dollars surplus. Okay, fine. Here's the deal. Say they get paid uh, twice a a month. It's biweekly. So they're uh, they got what six hundred and forty dollars surplus each pay period, right? So that uh, $640 is the only thing they've got beyond their recurring expenses. And now they're looking, they're sitting in a situation where they're looking at, you know, health insurance. Okay, our regular recurring expenses are $3,600. We don't have insurance. We need to get insurance for health because, you know, it's a good idea, I guess. Um, because, you know, walking into an, an emergency room is costing me $3,000 every time I go in there. So I got to do something about that. It doesn't happen very often, but thank God. But uh, I need to have something to help out with that because I can't. We can, just can't afford that. That's, you know, two, three months of our surplus in one shot. Bam, boom, and that's just walking the door. That's not the, uh, you know, the procedure um, done or the, you know, myriad of other ridiculous, asinine, bullshit expenses that the uh, medical business or whatever company is charging you. Have you ever read, read one of those statements? That's funny. You get charged for the most asinine bullshit and it's bits and pieces and none of it makes any sense. And So you can't afford that, so you try to get health insurance. Okay, um, so these people, this couple, this hypothetical couple, making has a $640 surplus every pay period because they get paid bi-weekly. All right, so they're presented with this insurance plan. Here we go. This is going to be fun. Here's the meat of the thing, the whole point of this stupid uh, podcast of mine. All right. Here's what your insurance, uh, health insurance benefits uh, um, statement, your uh, your shopping list. <laughs> Here's what you're presented with. You get um, four plans. This is pretty generous. You get four plans to choose from. It's usually three. Okay, in this case, you get four plans. All right, your um, plan A is uh, for the family, for the couple, is... Uh, Plan A is a $3,000 deductible, 20% coinsurance, $9,000 out-of-pocket maximum. That was completely unheard of before 2014. Um, your co-pays, depending on what you know it is, your preventative care is zero bucks. Cool, fine, whatever, it's pretty common. Um, your office visit, uh, for your PCP office visits, 20 bucks. A non-PCP office is 40 bucks. Um, virtual visit. Virtual visit? You know what a virtual visit? We're into telehealth um, now, by the way. 20 bucks just to fucking talk to some jackass, some nurse on the fucking phone. To hell with that shit. Um, urgent care, 20 bucks. Um, ER visits. Here's something that does help. ER visits, still 300 fucking dollars. Remember what our monthly surplus was. This is in addition, this is all just what's going to cost you out of your fucking pocket before any insurance benefits step in. Before, I mean, this is what you're going to have to pay out in addition to your premium. Keep that in mind. Prescription drugs. Tier 1, 20 bucks. Tier 2, 35 bucks. Tier 3, 50 bucks. Specialty drugs, 85 bucks. <laughs> Say I got cancer. Say I got diabetes. Your deductible for the drugs 
is uh, 200 bucks. In addition, oh boy, uh, so your period, your premium per pay period, again, you're getting paid bi-weekly, so it's twice a month, right? For your um, family, $667.98, that's your, just your premium. $667.98. Your household surplus per pay period is $640. Your premium for your for this insurance plan is is $60 what the $27.98 more than your surplus. You can't afford it. You cannot afford fucking insurance for that plan anyway. So you okay, screw it, can't do that one. Uh, what's plan B look like? $2,000 or $4,000 deductible. $4,000 fucking dollar deductible. Seriously? Your coinsurance is uh, 20%, same as plan A. Out-of-pocket maximum is $8,000. Ooh, gee, that's pretty damn generous. I've still got to pay upwards of uh, $8,000, $1,000 less than plan A. Jesus Christ, your co-pays, preventative care is still zero. Uh, PCP visit, office visit, 30 bucks. Um... Basically, everything's 20, 10 to 20 bucks higher than it was for Plan A. Your non-PCP office visits, 50 bucks. Virtual visit, you're talking to some jackass on the phone for 30 bucks. Um, urgent care is 50 bucks now. 50 bucks. ER is, oh, down to 200. Look out. Prescription drugs uh, are the same um, as, to your, as the Plan A. Your deductible for your drugs, same as Plan A, 200 bucks. Um, now your premium for plan B is $505.12. Really? Seriously? Wow, so 135 bucks, leaves you the 130, 135 bucks surplus for the pay period after your fucking insurance is paid for. If you take plan B, you're going, I can't do that. I can't do that, you know? I mean, when I think of my recurring expenses, I'm not including, you know, gas. <laughs> um, the uh, Plan C, so you look at that one, a $6,000 deductible still, 20% uh, coinsurance, uh, $12,000 out-of-pocket maximum. $12,000 out-of-pocket maximum. Seriously? Um, zero dollar copay. Um, all of your 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 PCP office visits thirty bucks. Nine PCPs fifty. Um, the same as the uh, uh, plan B. Um, it's really all the way down the the roll for the copays. It's the same as plan B. Two hundred dollar ER. Um, prescription drugs, uh, same as plan A and plan B, all the way down, including the $200 deductible, in addition for your fucking goddamn prescription drugs, is bullshit. Um, your premium for plan C is $435.24, so it's a whopping, you know, 80 bucks less per pay period than plan B. Right? Remember the uh, difference um, between Plan B and Plan A was 135 bucks. The difference between Plan C and Plan B is 80 bucks. It's going to keep going like that as you start moving down. Um, 
proportionately or it's going to or exponentially in a way going to reduce I mean the difference between or the I guess reduction and decrease in premium is going to um, narrow as you go so plan D $10,000 deductible now. Ten fucking thousand dollar deductible. Three plus times the deductible for plan A. Um, 50% coinsurance. 50%. I am going to have to... I your, your stuff, insurance doesn't even... Your benefits do not even kick in until your deductible... Until your bill reaches, you know, $10,001. Doesn't even look at it. Until you know you don't see any money coming coming in to help out that you're paying out to come in and help out until after you know that um, bill exceeds ten thousand bucks. Your coinsurance, you're paying half of it. You're responsible for half of that. Your out of pocket maximum is twelve seven, twelve thousand seven hundred dollars. Wow, good stuff. Um, your copays are. Uh, zero dollar preventative care still. Um, PCP office visits twenty bucks. Non PCP office visits suddenly is a hundred bucks. Um, virtual visit talking on the phone to some jackass is twenty bucks. Uh, virtual care is twenty bucks, and ER is deductible, and your coinsurance covers it. So it's going to cost you, you know, full price. Um, the uh, before you even see any freaking money coming from the insurance that you've put into the insurance to pay for, to help you pay for your medical stuff. So at this point, plan D, there's no point in having the insurance unless something seriously, seriously bad happens. I mean, granted, uh, medical industry overcharges for absolutely everything. They charge you $500 for a roll of toilet paper or a piece of toilet paper you need when you use the, the, the shitter when you're waiting for the nurse for three hours to come in and uh, suture your hand or whatever. Um, prescription drugs are 15 bucks for Tier 1, 50 bucks for Tier 2, 50, or 50% for Tier 2, 50% for... Um, you're paying half. You're paying half for tier, tier 2, 3, and specialty drugs. Your deductible now... Ready for this? Deductible now is 10000 freaking dollars for drugs. Your uh, per pay period premium, $356.22. Really? Do the math. That's absolutely insane. That leaves you with a 200 and for your family, not individual, that leaves you with your, for your family, a $283 surplus per pay period to cover incidentals incidental expenses for your family if you take the bottom of the toilet uh, health insurance option plan option that, of the examples that I read off and that bottom of the toilet health insurance plan is bottom of the toilet because there's no point in having it unless something major major happens and God forbid it never does, because nobody deserves that. And it's not about deserving granted, but um, God forbid, I don't wish that upon anybody. Uh, it freaks me out to think about it. Um, 
but seriously, with that plan D, there's no point in having the, the plan. Because you're paying for absolutely everything. Absolutely everything. In addition to your premium. So there's no insurance coming back to help you with anything until, first of all, until your expenses, medical expenses, exceed $10,000, $10,001 and beyond. So you've paid, I mean, you're going to hit that uh, deductible um, within, you know, the first couple of years of just paying your premium. So, <laughs> so you're paying $356.22. This is per pay period. Per pay period. That's so 356.22, 44. Um, you're paying $712.44 a month just to have the insurance, just to have the insurance policy, $712.44, you're going to hit that freaking, um, you're going to pay more than your deductible within the first 14 months of, of having it, and you're going to redo that again every 14 months, or whatever. 15 months. It's, I mean, it's insane. What's the point of having that plan? Because you're paying for absolutely everything. You're paying for your drugs. You're paying for your um, your co-insurance is 50%. And that's beyond. You have to get past the deductible <laughs> in order to get any benefit out of it. Scam. That's what a bunghole care did. Just for shits and giggles, what did I pay for insurance before 2014? Zero because of my income level at the time. Up to that point, I had never paid for a spot of insurance. Either my employers offered it, took care of all of it, or when I had to do my own private stuff because my employer would say that I was you know, self-employed or whatever, I couldn't afford or didn't have an employer providing me with health insurance or whatever, I had to pay for it on my own, um, I got it for free. Free was my son and I. Qualified for free. There was no premium, and it covered everything. I never paid for anything for medical because of that. That was my insurance plan until a bunghole care forced um, this garbage on me. And it's been this garbage way and since 2014. So you, you work for what? You do your job, you work your job just to pay for your health insurance? Seriously, that's the way it works. You're making $15 an hour. Your $15 an hour job just pays for your health insurance and that's it. And can't won't give you any money to pay for anything else. Seriously. If you're an individual... You make uh, $480 every pay period. It's going to cost you 400 to $500, between four dollars and $500 every pay period just to pay for your health insurance. That's your entire pay. Good stuff. Way to go. Thanks, oh bunghole. Have a lovely day. We'll talk.